It's a Monday. It certainly is. It feels like a Monday. It really does. I and think, it's, you know, and it is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful outside. It's still hot for October. Yeah, I don't but like I think that. The, the the weekend was long. It was. Uh, it definitely was a long weekend. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, we were busy as hell. Yeah, we, my family in particular, between Oktoberfest down at Urban, starting in uh, Friday at noon, all the way through Sporting Case. I, sh- I I refrain from using that term anymore. I apologize. Kansas, Kansas City soccer, Kansas <laughs> soccer team came to town, and then uh, Sunday was Sunday, and we went to the City Two game, and then we prep lunches. It was just a lot. Yeah, I I didn't go to the City 2 game last night. I implemented a two-mile max rule yesterday. I, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to drive more than two miles. I think that was pseudo. Jared, your reply was, uh, this is a non-St. Louis drive day. Oh, no, that was Zach. But I tell you what, this weekend was hitting because I could do uh, rinse, wash, repeat. I could do a festival in the Grove of any sorts, and then go play Kansas at home Lower, at that lower case stadium um, <laughs> and, and ass-whooping time. And, I mean, I, I had a, just a wonderful day Saturday. Well, you, oh, came, great day. You, you came with me after the game. We went back um, because you decided to not take the easy ride back to <laughs> the Western lands. You come down to the Grove with me so we can check out a little 100 peoples at the end of the night, and you just sat there with a grin. You didn't really talk. That you was you would just feet up on the chair. Yeah, it was nice. I I had a good night. And I mean, I tell you what, for a long day that I had, and I did have some drinks. I, I was in pretty good shape. You know, you spread it out. How did yep. you feel? Uh, I was prompted to not fall asleep on the way home. <laughs> was that by from my wife? From okay, yeah. Mandy was nope, nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. After my $120 Uber ride home, um, <laughs> my, I, I, I wasn't going to ask, I, but I'm like... <laughs> I, I saw my wife. My wife was like, huh, you're in pretty good shape. I would have thought you would have been um, way worse off than this. And I'm like, huh, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, all in all, it was, it was a good weekend. I mean, it is that time of year, though. Um, it's festival season, clearly, you know, yeah. in our backyards here our lives, it's soccer season's in full swing. You know, and the fact that we're spoiled by this new bright, shiny toy down on market, um, the fact that they continue to do what they're doing, you know, you, you roll into Twitter immediately following the game, and, and it's just the whole thing is... Oh, for the last two days. It's oh, been it's nothing but the TIFO, which is not my pinnacle point, but one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, the... I mean, it was really. Typically, I don't like the the cliche. You know, we're gonna, we're we're gonna take a caricature and just yeah. really dumb this thing down. And to a degree, that concept you're not in Kansas anymore was really dumbed down, but it worked. It worked, and with the lights, with the music, the artwork. I mean, the, everybody was wow. Yeah, everything was. Would just you like, look at that? That was, that was cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun because I mean, it's like. 
what I love about this rivalry, and, and now on Twitter, you know, the, the, the... It's not a rivalry. It's not. We were never rivals. <laughs> we, yeah, that's what I would say, too, if I time. lost twice. Yeah, no, you're really not. <laughs> it didn't take long for that yeah. to not be a rivalry, even though we're going to keep it one, <laughs> just because we need that stepchild. Yeah. Um, but I, it's one of those things that even the, the organization in their in their posts, in their press releases and everything. I mean, they're, they're spelling it, Kansas, all lowercase letters. <laughs> like they're not even including city, Kansas. <laughs> it's just Kansas soccer. Yeah. <laughs> Sporting Kansas. Well, and then I don't know if you guys noticed it, but in the uh, post game conference or post game interviews with uh, Berkey in particular, they were asking questions about, you know, the other team and when sporting was coming. It's like, well, when the Kansas team, you know, didn't get this or that, <laughs> like even our players are like, no, that Kansas team. I love it because it's like one of the fun things about sport is is that competition. But you need you need that guttural. You need an enemy. You do. You need an enemy. And if, if, if that's the team across the state on the other side of the state line, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm Our friend uh, Kevin Cho across the state. Oh, that was state. hilarious. He he had pretty good social media outtake after the game. Yes, he did. <laughs> so I haven't watched yet. Oh, he, he's <laughs> watching it live. And he he's goes like, through all the goals, and he's commentating the goals. Yeah, he says at one point, before the game even starts, he's like, I, I, we're probably going down three, maybe four nil. Yeah. Just my guess. Yeah. And he's real calm. Yes. And then Sporting does have a couple good chances early on. And, uh, and Berkey takes one off Berkey the face. Berkey takes one. And then they, they, they wouldn't get one off the crossbar. And then, like, there's a period where he goes through three plays where Berkey makes the left-hand save, takes one off the face, off the crossbar. There was that, like, um, there was that exchange there where I can't believe they didn't make it. And he's like... Did you just score? <laughs> <laughs> and then we go into four in a row. And then his take after they get the last cheap goal at the end was pretty funny. Yeah. It, it, you should watch it. Well, give him a follow. Um, I like this guy. I, I, I brought him up to you guys a little while yeah. back. I think it was last when we were in uh, Florida, Bradenton. And I showed you the video where he just lost oh, his shit. Oh, loses like, his mind it's for more, a long, long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, follow him on Twitter. It's Kevin Cho, K-E-V-I-N-C-H-O. <laughs> you can't miss it. He does these YouTube live streams, and he it just comments on the game. Anything St. Well, Louis related. The best part was it's he awesome. was wearing like a vampire costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, he's doing this, and he's got like the graphics behind him that kind of change around. Yeah, he's a complete, pretty good. It was good. Yeah, uh, I want to shout, put a quick shout out here to those that continue to support our show. Really, just you know, continued thanks to Axis Physical Therapy. You can find them at AxisPT.com. Uh, Nineteen lo- locations throughout the area. Um, it, again, Missouri's changed its rules, so. You know, you can hit them up, make sure it's all copacetic, but you more than likely will not need a doctor's referral. Get in there, get it iced up, get it stretched out, get the new exercises, get the little ones back in action or get yourself back in action because they handle all ages, all sizes, et cetera. Uh, Crescent Plumbing Supply, um, you guys love the showrooms. You've sent me new photos. We're going to be putting those out here over the next couple of weeks, kind of showing some of our uh, social media followers, what what is it that you guys really have and do? Super cool stuff. I mean, it's going to make um, a little bit of a spa out of your bath or kitchen. And then Chris and Bill, the 
PinnacleLoans.com. Continue to support. Uh, we've renewed with everybody, so you're going to be hearing these names moving forward more, and we're going to bring more info as far as how they can help you out in your own worlds um, moving forward, which brings us to the Pinnacle Points of the Day. You uh, you came in here, Zach. You said you had it written down. What do you got? Well, it, it's soccer-related, and it came yesterday, I believe. Well, that's odd, because our show is kind of about soccer. I know. I just usually don't have soccer-related ones. It's all right. Jared usually has weather. Uh, but this one is <laughs> to do with the team that has my heart in England, which is Tottenham. Uh, one of two unbeaten teams left in the English Premier League. Now, the controversial side of this is that they played Liverpool, and Liverpool had a guy get sent off. Uh, absolutely, Curtis Jones, absolutely blown call, and called on the field was yellow. They go to VAR, they reverse the call and say it's a straight red. I, I've seen the play probably a hundred times. I don't know how you keep a guy on the field who goes in that high and takes somebody's leg out like that. I just don't. To me, that's a red card. I, 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 yeah, he touched the ball, but how many times have you gotten, you've seen plays where the player well, finishes the play after touching the ball, takes a guy's legs out in the box or in the field? It's a red. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot out of me on this for two reasons. Number one is Tottenham. Number two is Liverpool. I know. I don't care. But if it was Chelsea that committed the Well, foul, then we would continue talking about it, but we're not. <laughs> Chelsea won today. They two beat nothing. Fulham. Yeah, I know. I saw it. Yeah, that was a tough one for me. Because it's, you know, torn allegiance. It's not torn allegiance. I'm always going to root for Chelsea. I don't care who we play. But, obviously, center back. Yeah, I know. And Fulham. Left wing. St. Louis' own. Tim Ream. Uh, not his best game. Um, you know, love love the guy. He's been their anchor by far. Today was... Not good. Nope. Tough one. Um, but, you know, Chelsea, you got, you got a payroll. You got a team that's six, seven, eight hundred million dollars or whatever, you know, eventually that stuff starts to work. Well, today was one of those days where it started to work. Good. So Jared, what you got? You know, I got, I'm, I'm going to touch the world of soccer as well. Um, it's kind of because we have 14, 15 year olds playing the game. Um, this weekend, Sunday, um, California, um, they have some hammer clubs out there. Uh, we're going to go to Northern Cal for this variety. When they trounced out 13, they trotted out, 13-year-old Davian Kimbrough became the youngest player ever to play professional football in the U.S. when he made his USL debut on Sunday for the Sacramento Republic USL team. So for our listeners, put that in perspective. 13 years old. At best, he's in seventh grade. Um or Freddie Adu played in the MLS. He was 13. I actually think he was 14, 14 years old in some days. Um, there are some names here we can go through. Julian Hall, who is a New York Red Bull player who's our boy's age, has since made recently his professional debut at 15 years in some days. But this kid, and I'm seeing pictures of him, he, he looks like an adult. Um, he does look baby-faced. I, 13 years old. Are you guys kidding me? No, I know. I I, <clears throat> I saw all that too, and it's it's one of those things that. It, Is that for I, publicity? Yeah, it has to be. 13 years old. It has to be because the reality is, 
all of the all the teams, the high level teams, the, the individuals that we've spoken to, and, and even a lot of them that we don't speak to clearly, we don't have that kind of access. But they talk about it in, in the press and in the public. It's too young. You 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 are not you're you're not there. You're not mature enough. You're not physical enough. You haven't grown. You're you're. You're in the first inning of puberty. Are we selling tickets at this point? Because here's what I will say. We know Sacramento Republic is a hammer club. Mm -hmm. And um, crazy to me, 13, but go ahead. No, I'm with you. I don't like those things. I mean, I think it's the pressure and everything is just too... Too early, too adv- too advanced for these kids because the re- the reality is Pat Noonan Noonan said it best on the episode where we brought up this exact topic. He goes, "Look, I can show you a whole list of benches and former players that were the next best thing that were never players, you know." And here's here's a kid, thirteen years old. That's too much. Here's what's happening, and this is my opinion. They're doing that because Sacramento Republic just like City, just like now Gallagher and Irvine Strikers, trying to sell players. Sure. The more exposure you can get for those players at an earlier age, the more market share they're going to command. So Julian Hall, this kid out in Sacramento, it's not just for publicity. It's Is 13-year-old in Northern Cal at Sacramento Republic apples to apples with Julian Hall and New York Red Bulls, who's been linked to Europe? I don't think so. And we're talking almost two and a half years older. Could be. I mean, because everything, everything's a, I mean, it's a gamble. I mean, it's the roulette table and all these, these clubs want to just get a number on the wheel. I think Johnny Klein said it very clearly. When you're on a team that's winning, you're going to get eyeballs. If you're on a losing team but you're still a good player, you're going to get eyeballs. But if you're a mediocre player on a mediocre team and they're not winning, you're not. And so I think these guys are getting exposure and they're going to have market share. I mean, look at Miggy. Miggy was not, I would say, considered to be a U.S. men's national team prospect until he started for City. Sure. That exposure brought him that level. Okay. And I would say the same thing for all these younger kids. I'm not agreeing that it's the best thing for these kids or these clubs or this pro, the, the sport. But that to me is the reality because the pipeline, and we've had multiple people on the show talk about this. The pipeline to Europe is now coming through the MLS and through the, U- the U.S. And they're seeing them now earlier. And if they can get them over there, dual citizenship. And USL. Yep. USL's in the conversation now. So, All right. We're beating that up. So that's my pinnacle point two of the day. What is yours? <laughs> Oh, Jared, you're impatience today. Is it a Monday thing? You have a case <laughs> no, of the I'm Mondays? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my pinnacle point of the day um, is not soccer related. It's television related. And my wife has been hooked on uh, only murders in the building. Oh, uh, yeah. I've tried. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Have you either of you seen I it? I got through the first three or four episodes of the first season. I like Steve and Martin in The Jerk. Yeah. I like him. I like him way more as a dipshit than a pseudo smart guy trying to do a podcast on murders. Yeah, I'll take two wild and crazy guys too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that. Nevin. Yeah, I, I like. Excuse me. Yeah, May I go to the restroom. I like him in that. Thank you. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's for me is where Steve Martin belongs. Well, it, it's not. <laughs> I can't Steve even Martin. look at him seriously. It's Martin Short that bothers me in that show. It's too much energy. It's too. He is too much for me. I like him in in small doses in. 
sketches. Yeah. So brilliant. But uh, a couple months ago, Kim, her mom, sister, everybody, they all went. I didn't go. She's like, do you want to go? I'm like, no way. They went to see Steve Martin and uh, Martin Martin Short Short at, uh, I believe it was at the Fox. Yeah. Or Stiefel. Whatever. One of those two. And she came home and she's like, you know, Steve Martin's great. So entertaining. But she's like, Martin Short is like a thousand miles per hour all night long. I'm like, I I can't stand him on the big screen when he's like that. Yeah. Like, no way in a theater, like like a chipmunk chirping the whole time. Yeah. It's still, though, The Three Amigos is the best SNL movie of all time. Oh, that's a whole other episode that is way more debatable. No. (laughs) That's not the best movie of all time. Okay. We'll do top five next time. All right. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back on the flip side, we're going to have our guest for the day. And we're going to talk about all of the gear that we bought through this machine over the years (laughs) (laughs) and a little bit of soccer. Uh, Thanks for listening in. Give us a share. Give us a like, then a follow, then a share, and we would be forever grateful. Catch you on the other side. Zach here. I love my kids, really. And when my kids have a knock, a sprain, a tweak, I like to get them back to 100% as soon as possible. I also hate deductibles. I get it. But now, in Missouri, I don't have to waste any unnecessary copay after my child rolls their ankle because now I can go straight to a PT. No more pediatric visits in a germ-infested lobby waiting for permission to go to a physical therapist. Axie's Physical Therapy has 19 locations from Glen Carbon to Winsville and specializes in rehab, especially soccer rehab. So instead of burning a couple of needless hours and cash going to get a referral, take that bump or bruise straight to Axies. Go to AxiesPT.com for more info. And feel free to Venmo me your half the savings. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? And we're back. Howdy. Got uh, got ourselves a bucket. It says Budweiser. It's a Budweiser bucket. But for you, Aaron, it's all Modelo's. Oh, and I use my complimentary gift glass from Aaron the other night with a Modelo. Oh, I brought it home. I showed Kim's been... It's a very, very she's nice, been, she's been filling it with rosés. I did not put rosé in it. <laughs> I didn't get mine, Aaron. It's in, it's in the trunk. You'll get it when we leave here. <laughs> and speaking of Aaron, we're, we we were a little bit remiss because we're here at Scott Gallagher, and that is correct. Uh, we had to buy our own beer today because yeah. uh, apparently Patch somebody coaching uh, had or other something like that. 
molding the future youth or something lame like that. <laughs> well, we're back. We're ready to roll in our guest today. Guest of the day. Guest of the episode um, is a just a, a St. Louis soccer name through and through, not only with what he has accomplished uh, on the field in his career, but off the field in gear and participation and sponsorships and everything else. We've got the Mr. David Bursick. How are you doing, David? Real well. Real well. Thank you. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Not a problem. You, um, when was the last time you've been out at Sack Park? Uh, I was here meeting with uh, Mr. Petcher just uh, last week. You mind scooting that a little closer there? There we go. Yeah, I was here just last week. Yeah. yeah. So, business. So, it, it's just a, it's a fun place. You know, when you come here, does it just ooze soccer for you? <laughs> it's one of the better venues for youth soccer, I think, in the whole country. Uh, the size of it is correct. Uh, I just keep hearing stories about the people who come here on Friday night to watch their little ones while they're enjoying a nice cool beverage yeah. and uh, in the company of, of, of others. And uh, what a great setup. I just don't think there's many other places like that where, you know, a young parent can come with their child, watch them casually, uh, you know, participate in the in the youth development part of uh, St. Louis Scott Gallagher. And, uh, Enjoying a nice evening at the same time in a wonderful facility. I yeah. think it's one of those things that is kind of picking up, though. As we start to travel more, we're starting to see more venues kind of pop up like this because I think they're starting to see the revenue model <laughs> as well. Well, I mean, when you've got a captured audience for that many, exactly. <laughs> you know, hours, you know, multiply that by hundreds of families. Why are you not feeding and 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 watering <laughs> your your clientele? I never understood yeah, that. Well, it's it's coming. Yeah. So let's. Uh, what a, what we usually like to do is just kind of create a frame of reference because um, the the majority of our listeners are are soccer fans um, or they're new to the game and they're learning and you know we've had the unique opportunity to bring on you know some of those names within our community the three one four world mm-hmm. and they're learning that this whole little tiff with Kansas City and the concept of soccer capital and all these things. It takes actual pedigree, it takes history, and you're part of that fabric. So for our listeners, um, let's let's just start with a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a one oh one, you know, where where where'd you grow up, talk about the, the early clubs and then we'll we'll move into the, the, the playing days on the big fields. How much time we got? Oh, we got plenty. <laughs> It's unlimited. I, I have a terabyte of storage on the We're good. <laughs> well, you know, this was St. Louis in the nineteen late 1960s, early 70s. And uh, soccer was pretty much, you know, the old north side, south side thing, right? You know, so Which side I grew up it? on the south side. South side. South side. So, um, you know, growing up in the CYC programs, which I think, Pretty much everybody did at that point. I think in third or fourth grade, I went and played for a Corey League team, believe it or not, because uh, I wanted to be a goalkeeper. Um, and they let me be a goalkeeper until my dad got a hold of the coach and said, he's not going to be a goalkeeper. And uh, <laughs> so I had to go back and play a CYC and play on the field again, which I was terrible. So, uh, you know, growing up in South St. Louis, I mean, that's what you did. You played baseball in the summer. You played soccer in the winter. I don't care how cold it was or how wet it was or how muddy it was or how much it snowed. You played in the winter. And that's what we did. Uh, I think in uh, when I was maybe 13 or so, there's a gentleman named George Mahalovich that had a soccer school. And it was uh, operated out of the old Concordia Seminary over by the old CBC High School off Clayton Road. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, my brother was a very fine player, my older brother Gary, and uh, he went along with many other top players in the city. And and uh, I went, and I didn't belong there. So every scrimmage, I ran immediately to the goal. And uh, fortunately for me, I think after two sessions, uh, they he approached my dad and said, well, I'm going to have a team. And uh, he said, I need a goalkeeper, and I want your son to be the goalkeeper, and I have somebody that's going to teach him to be a goalkeeper. And I think that finally got my dad's attention. So I was privileged to have a gentleman named Miguel DeLima, who mm-hmm. at one point even coached at St. Louis University, and he was my personal goalkeeper coach at the age of 13. Um, the team we had, uh, did, we weren't able to compete in the league because we were considered an all-star team, which I think is considered a select team now. But anyway, um, you know, yeah. uh, so it was very interesting, uh, very interesting times. My older brother, Gary, at that time joined the, the Dolphins, which later became Emo's Pizza. Uh, I joined with them, I think, at the age of 14. And I think at the age of 15, we won the McGuire Cup, the under-19 championship, which, of course, People who know or don't know, it was the only youth championship in the country. There was no U13, U14, U15. There was just U19. So when you got out of eighth grade, you played club soccer. You played U19. That was it. Um, So we won the McGuire Cup in, God, I can never remember, 75. And then the boys from north, from St. Dismas, uh, who I'm good friends with, Larry Hulser, Don Huber, that group, uh, with um, Flores and Celtics had won it the previous year. So it was back-to-back that St. Louis won the U19 yeah. uh, McGuire Cup. Um, <clears throat> That's so that amazing. Was, yeah. So let, let, let's, let's, let me cut in here. So at 13 is when you decide to start playing goalie. And we're going to continue oh, He on. was nine when he started. No, but I know Dad, <laughs> what Dad said. But when you yeah. started to get some formal training, 13, mm-hmm. when you're at the you know training it was soccer school, um. Get not get the cart before the horse a little bit here, but we're going to get into your timeline as we're doing right now. Um, when when did you start playing with national teams? Uh, at sixteen. So sixteen yeah. for our listeners, thirteen yeah. to sixteen. And yeah, I see what you were doing there. Like, uh, uh, can can we talk about a little bit on the uh, in a three four year window? How quick your progression was with that, with that, that coaching, with with maybe just your athleticism. How do you start really getting formal goalie treatment, uh, you know, uh, training at thirteen, and you're getting national team minutes in the U squad at sixteen? That's really unheard of. Yeah. Uh, how do I explain that? Um, I could catch anything you could throw at me. Uh, I was quick. I had twenty ten vision, and I had somebody to teach me to look like a goalkeeper or to act like a goalkeeper or to do the basics as a, a real goalkeeper. So I'm competing against good athletes that weren't goalkeepers. I was a good athlete that was a goalkeeper. So it, it, the, the, the rise was pretty quick and pretty, you know, continual. I was on the U17, U18, U19, U20, U21, Olympic team in 80, Olympic team in 84, national team from 77 through 85. Uh because I, you know, I was I had that training, so I was athletic. I, I mean, when I played baseball, I caught and played third base like five steps in front of third base. So, so you have uh, decent I, hand-eye coordination. We played street hockey. You were the goalie goal. at street I hockey. played goal every day, yeah. <laughs> every day at street hockey. Uh, was, how good street. were you at uh, darts in the pub? I sucked. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <I sucked. laughs> you know, now he too, could stand was, at the dartboard and swipe the darts <laughs> away. I was, I was too young to go to the pub, so you know. Uh, um, so uh, it was, yeah, it was just sort of one of those things, you know. And, and again, you you got to remember that, uh, you know, we were talking. 
talking about exposure and people looking for people. Well, you know, when I was 14, there was a group uh, out of New York that was going to send a team over to Scotland for an international tournament over in Danoon, Scotland. And uh, for some reason, they decided they wanted to have a second team. So they called Harry Keel and said, we want to have a tryout in St. Louis. Well, this was a U-17 team as well, I believe it was, a U-17 tournament. And I got a call that day. And they talked to my dad and said, we only have one goalkeeper for the scrimmage. Can David come out and play the other the other side? Well, were yeah. you? Um, so they picked that team, and it was all St. Dismas. And, and it was Florence and the Celtics and Emo's Pizza that went over to Scotland just to totally destroy these teams from Europe. Were you physically developed at a young age? I mean, to play the goalkeeper position three, four, five years up? Uh, yeah, I was very awkward at 12 and 13. And at 14, yeah, I, I grew into myself. And I grew, I grew, I think, to six foot. Oh, God. Broke my leg when I was 14, and I grew in the cast. I think I grew to 6'3 when okay. I was 14 or 15. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was all there. Uh, you know, I just had to had to make the most of it. So so then you had your uh, your college experience. You got one year. One year. <laughs> was it one year even? It was one year, yeah. yeah at at SLU. Mm-hmm. Um you know, talk about going in and out of there, you know, why this singular year? Because you've got, you know, uh, anybody that's looking it up, they can see immediately you, you've mm-hmm. got your NASL experience that immediately follows. Yeah. What what happened during that time? And, you know, what, what slingshotted you to, you know, the Cosmos days? Yeah, it's it, it, pretty simple. Um, the Cosmos had hired, well, uh, it was with the U.S. Oh, Jesus, forgive me, U-17, U-18 team. Sure. qualifying for Junior World Cup or CONCACAF tournament in Puerto Rico. I can't remember what the hell it was. I think it was World Cup, uh, Junior World Cup qualifications. And uh, our coach was a gentleman named Ray Klaveka. And during that time, or somehow we got hired by the New York Cosmos to be the, 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 the what was it called? Something about youth development. And uh, Was Ricky Davis with that? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. So on the airplane back from that trip, um, he pulled us aside and asked us both if we'd like to join the New York Cosmos. Well, I was just getting ready to go into preseason with St. Louis U, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and I went on the trip. But at some point during the trip, my dad looked at me and said, you got to make a decision. You can't wait till the season starts yep. and then make that decision. So about halfway through that preseason training I went to Harry and told him that I was going to leave and uh, this is the most exciting part of your story for me <laughs> like people that know where did you get your first check from uh, well they signed me as an amateur so I could play in the 80 Olympics and I worked for Atlantic Records so the uh, Neshwi and Ahmed Erdogan were the founders of uh, Atlantic Electro Asylum Records in wow. Europe they were Turkish and then Warner Brothers bought them and it was really the Erdogans who brought the Cosmos and Pelé to, to New York. So, yeah, I worked for Atlantic Records until uh, we boycotted the, ge- yeah. the games in 1980. Keep your yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I kept an amateur status and through, through what, late 1979 or early 1980 until we boycotted it. Then I turned professional. And then I was very, very fortunate that in 84, they changed the rules for soccer to professional. So, what, what clause was in your contract when you signed with Atlantic Records that helped you out later on after your soccer days? Uh, I, they, I, my contract read that they would pay for my education uh, up to five years from the time I retired from soccer. And uh, so the awesome. NASL folded in 85. Now I just was playing indoor. So I did have time to go back to school, and that's when I went back to school. So I graduated high school in 96, and I graduated – 
from Maryville, actually, even though I took most of my classes at St. Louis U uh, in 1996. So it was 20 years later. Wow. That's amazing. How and about they, that and they, story? And they, paid, well, I would, and they paid for every penny. So, Electra, what were you doing at the record label? Uh, stopping balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from hitting from hitting the records. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, I love couldn't it. have those gold records broken. So. I knew you would appreciate that as a music guy. No, I, I, you know, I love it because, I mean, in those days, a record label was legitimately, like, they were uber powerful. You know, within the music oh, yeah. industry, so it's not surprising. You know, because today's world's way different. It, it, the the digital environment, et cetera. So, like, it, it, give us a story. I mean, because you had to have been around those circles in the office. You mean, you mean you my know, Rolling Stones story? Yes, I absolutely. Let's they, start there. When they brought Mick Jagger through the through the thing. Did uh, you play soccer with uh, Keith Richards? Uh, never did. Or was he still on the floor? <laughs> never did. Uh, never who was did. that cockroach? Well, <laughs> At that time, at that time, uh, uh, Mick Jagger wasn't doing real well either. I mean, literally, he had like two bodyguards who were basically carrying him around, and uh, and uh, he didn't look real good. So you're saying they partied a lot? I, I think so. <laughs> so. But then about a year later, I think he met Jerry Hall and he got his shit together, and uh, and that's why I think he's still singing. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's. They just released a new album. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. This <laughs> they, fired me up. This whole part of I mean, life. they are literally like uranium. Yeah, like they're gonna, they're, they're half life is yeah. forever. Uh, I'm I'm curious though, like kind of connecting all those dots. You know this this relationship with the record label, the going to New York. Um, you know we we were lucky enough to speak with Shep Messing and mm-hmm. you know him telling the stories of those days. And you know you're in New York at a time where just pop culture in general is just really firing on all cylinders. What was it like? You know being a South City guy that, you know, did you, you grow into a goalie role um, and now you're in New York and you're acclimating to that environment. You know, wh- what was it like in those early years for you? It was uh, different. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, I did spend a lot of time with the Olympic team, especially in that first year. Uh, not too much after that. Um, there was a lot of things to to uh, to you know, get used to. I mean, when we first signed, they sent Ricky and I to AC Milan for three months over the winter time. You know, so here we are coming out of South St. Louis, coming out of one year at St. Louis U. And now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm training with the first team at AC Milan every morning in the what they call the apprentices or the schoolboys in the afternoon. That was my first real experience. That's uh, so awesome. Then we head to uh, then we head to the uh, Barbados. No, not Barbados. Where did we go? Bermuda for our spring training. Then off to South America for six weeks for preseason training, and then back, and then the season started. We did that almost every year. So round and round. I had to jump in here for a second because we've had two other gentlemen who started with the Cosmos and didn't even last a year. Went on to have great careers, Don Ebert mm-hmm. and Carl Rose. Mm-hmm. Both said independently, we couldn't cut it. Like it just, it was too much, too many non English speakers too much pressure what did what what was different for you that allowed you to keep it going I didn't feel any of that most of the players on the team were class people um I always found it interesting when I talked to the players who played in Tulsa or played in Seattle where most of the clubs were English Mm -hmm. and treated their young players even if they were English it didn't matter they were English or American but just had a certain way of treating 
rookie players or young players. Less less respectful. Our players had nothing to prove. I mean, Franz Beckenbauer had nothing to prove. Carlos yeah. Alberto had nothing to prove. Giorgio Canaglia had nothing to prove. Vladislav Bogicevic had nothing to prove. So they, they respected us. They treated us well. And it was really a very, very good environment. I, I could never say anything different uh, than, than that. How, how I just had an aha moment, like listening to those names. Uh, uh-oh. And and my, it's two questions. My first question is is how accurate is the is the documentary on the cosmos? Because it, it portrays and, and the rumors are that you guys were a real tight group. And then you can kind of answer that question in so you came from Scotland playing at the um, in in the Scottish first division and where everything is long in the air. And then you got uh, Alberta as your sweeper and Friends Beckenbauer as your stopper. I mean, did you punt the ball ever? Well, they were wondering when Scotland why I, didn't, I wasn't. You know, everything was great over there except I didn't punt the ball very well. <laughs> like, well, well, yeah, and I said, "What? Because I'm not allowed to punt the ball." <laughs> I have to give it to France I mean, every time. You, you, I mean, if you punted the ball, I mean, you got to look. You know. Uh, wow. Yeah, they wanted the ball, and why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, they're both back. They're both basically back there. I mean, Carlos was technically the sweeper, but Franz was back there too, and. And yeah, you just had you to choose. You just had to choose which one you were going to give it to. Well, so <laughs> keep a so, mental track so of which ones you gave to. <laughs> keep it fair. Yeah, I mean, talk about though. Like this is something that it just intrigues me because you guys, we all know that generation of kids that grew up in the late '50s, '60s, and into the '70s, and then those that you know through the slew pipeline and everything. We so many people have had the opportunity to travel the world. And step on the field, specifically in the in ASL years. What, what was it? Drogi pointed out that at one point there was like 42. Yeah, at one point in 19, St. Louis players that were in the league. 70, across. Oh, yeah. 77, 78, mm-hmm. 42 but, guys from St. Louis but playing. I, I actually never heard that, but yeah. I, I, I believe it 100%. But, but my question to you is like, you, we as St. Louis and you guys in particular, you knew these names. How surreal was it? Forget about just the X's and O's of having to look. You don't punt it. You give it to Beckenbauer. <laughs> He's pretty good. How surreal was it? Did you ever have a moment where you're like, what What am I doing? You know, This is crazy. You know, Because those players were literally the best in the world. I don't know. It, it, it just felt so normal. I don't know why. I, I really, that, that's kind of an odd answer, but it really did. I, I, they didn't, the players didn't act like that. Yeah. They just didn't. I mean, okay, I played five. We played what we called five v two, or in Pali was seven v two. You know, and Franz was in our group, and Bogey was in our group, Giorgio was in our group. So the only time you ever felt like that was that he was different was when your pass was pretty good, but it wasn't good enough. You know, and then you <laughs> and you went in the middle instead of him. I mean, but other than that, you know, um, it, no. I mean, he was just a. He, you know, he was a. He was. You know, to himself mostly. Listen, I didn't go have drinks with Franz very often, you know, if ever, maybe in the back of the bus. But other than that, you know, I mean, he did his thing and, and, and he was just a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I've run into him multiple times over the years and just super polite and just, you know, always, you know, uh, ask how, how we're doing and stuff. So, it, yeah, it wasn't, 
that just what didn't have that atmosphere. Because we Chef had so also many, talked about because we too. had so many of them. I mean, it yeah. wasn't do, just Franz. Do, you know? And then Carlos was one of the most humble people you're ever going to meet in your life. Do Do you think maybe it was be, uh, the bright lights, the big city, the city that you know, you know, New York is mecca. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe it was you know? And I never thought about it. I had an aha moment, Jared. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I you guess know, I'm next we'll see. You better come up with one. Um, no, I just thought of that. Like, yeah, these guys. I mean, World Cup winners. You know, champions. League winners, everything, but New York is different. Mm-hmm. New York is, you know, London. We've all been to London, right? Mm-hmm. It's massive, but it's not New York. Yeah. And same with Paris and Rome, etc. Do you think that New York was maybe a little bit of a balancing factor it, in in that personal relationship? It was, but for them, it was a it was a haven because they were known, but they weren't known. Yeah, they could walk down you the know, street. He wasn't in Munich, you know, so yeah. you know he could still walk around the street. So they loved it there. The thing about them that stands out to me the most is their competitiveness. I mean, winning was really the only solution, you know. I mean, every loss was shit was flying, you know. It just was never acceptable. That was the thing. And and that was a great learning lesson that, you know, losing just wasn't acceptable. And that's and that's a great lesson for everybody when you're playing, on, especially on a professional level, college level, it doesn't really matter. Youth level, no, that shouldn't be the case. But, you know, on a professional level, that's all you're there to do is to win. And right. uh, and that's what we were supposed to do. And that's how, and, and these, you know, they had nothing to prove, but they still wanted to win every freaking game, you know. So on the other side of the ball, as you're, you know, you guys are traveling on, you're, you're, you're playing, you know, Everybody in the league, and clearly there were massive names that were popping up at, at the other teams. Got to ask, who was the player on the other side in the opposing jersey that was the one maybe that stuck out? Because for you, I mean, look, you got Beckenbauer, you got <laughs> Pele. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, who's next, you know? But was there anybody that just, like, impressed you as a player on the opposite side? The two players that I enjoyed playing against and thought were the most challenging were actually two players. It was Carl Heinz Granitza and Pato Marhedic at Chicago. And it's the way they played together that made them so difficult and so challenging. So those are the two that I, you know, I played against them the most. Maybe that's why, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, but those are the two I looked forward to playing against because I knew it was going to be a challenge. I mean, kind of knew what they were going to do, but you didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah, but, so. but then you had to stop them. They, that, that was part of it too, yeah. <laughs> how I'm impressed with your longevity with the club. I mean, how I don't know this. I but asked you to be traded for, three times, but they never traded me. So. But you were there for eight years, right? Uh, eight seasons, yeah. You were there for eight seasons. I mean. I think I had the second longest tenure there other than Giorgio. Yeah, and, and an American was not even in the conversation. Mm-mm. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive for our listeners. Eight years he was with the Cosmos. That, that's amazing. So they folded. I was there in the end. Well, so, okay, so that that spurs a question from me for you to uh, our base, St. Louisans. Do you look back at that experience? Do you look at your peers, the other individuals that you knew from here that were traveling around? And in hindsight, when you look at all the the accolades and, and the appearances and, and, and the successes that guys that you grew up in the neighborhood with or, you know, maybe watching a couple of years older, you know, does what is being a St. Louis soccer player mean to you kind of in, a, you know, when you look in the rearview mirror? It, it means everything. Uh, I mean, if I didn't live in St. Louis, it probably wouldn't have happened. Let's be realistic. You know, it, it was St. Louis that, that made everything possible. 
uh, from my dad to, you know, Harry Keel to, to Fran Rich, who was my coach at Emos and Miguel de Lima. It was all about St. Louis and nothing else. I mean, okay, I guess it was about me too, but I mean, if, if, it, if I wasn't fortunate enough to live in St. Louis and have the opportunities that, that soccer, you know, presents here in this city and still presenting in this city, um, it, it obviously wouldn't have happened. Maybe I would have played baseball. I don't know. But Except I had a wild arm, so. <laughs> I'm fired up, man. This is, I mean, like, he's off. I mean, he's awfully resilient, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. There. yeah, I'm just sitting here taking it you know, all you know in. You know what it is? So, so if you could see where we're at, we're, we're, we're at Sock Park. We're in the room uh, below the uh, broadcast press area. box yeah, above yeah, us. Box. And it's almost like, I, I'm looking at Jared, and Jared's almost like that kid that's standing in line waiting to sit on Santa's lap. Like, yeah. <laughs> me next, me next. Well, well it's just, it just part of the whole, we've experienced this multiple times i mean I, I think when al trost talked about all the different things that he had done and then he's like and then i still substitute teach at parkway south yeah <laughs> what <laughs> you just listed off yeah. the pantheon of soccer players in the world that you played against and with and then on your free time you just go and substitute teach at a high school because you're just that guy you know and to hear you david talk about your rise through the ranks and then into the cosmos where, I mean, realistically the cosmos prior to the MLS was the most storied American soccer club by a hundred thousand percent. Some would say still, the still, most I mean, now that Messi's at, at enter, maybe that'll change. Uh, it's going to take forever, but it's, it, it, it's so iconic. And to be on there with, the guys that you and and Giorgio were the, the, the longest tenured guys, mm-hmm. that's insane. So you saw all of it. You saw the pre-Pele, post-Pele. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's a cool thing. So for for Jared to be excited, I get it. And but he also has a much richer history. He knows this game. He knows the players you're talking about way more than than I do. And so I love seeing you get excited. Oh, I, 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 I really just, do. I, I just I'm, I'm humbled by your longevity in that market specifically, because Saint, we can talk about St. Louis, mm. and we've had some hammer players from this from this town, and a lot of them came after the Cosmos, but pretty sure none of them played eight years there. Mm-hmm. I mean, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. My my first trip with the national team. Uh, I mean, I can't remember everybody, but I think we had seven or eight or possibly nine St. Louisans on my first trip with the U.S. <laughs> yeah, national team. Where did you guys wait, wait, get wait, your wait, gear hold, at? Hold on a second. <laughs> that's a good question, too. <laughs> How many were from Kansas City on that team? <clears throat> Zero. Zero. <laughs> there that's we go. Why I was so, when, they, when, they, when, it's, when the St. Louis City did it, you know, I mean, you know, we, the soccer capital gave me a... Okay, I have a store there, so I can't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Kansas City. You know, I love, oh, they're I, the best. I love, I love sporting Kansas City and the sporting Kansas City affiliates. Uh, but let's be real. Um, yeah, when they, when they, you know, and you know, and they had a right for a while. We didn't have a professional team, you know, and they, they were actually winning some high school championships. I mean, come on, yeah. yeah well, you know, well so we were they, too busy like funneling all of our players into the yeah. league. You so know, you know they got developing. a little excited. They got a little over their skis <laughs> and start calling themselves the soccer capital. And so I was pretty, pretty excited when they decided to traipse about eleven of us out there and go. <clears throat> and you know, by the way, yeah, we're only eleven of seventy six. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. I love it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We're going to get some refills. Uh, we'll be back with more with David Bursick. Um, appreciate your time. 
Give us a share. Give us a follow. Good. Do all that stuff. Zach, you good? I'm good, man. This is great. All right, man. Let's get some refills. We're going to roll out Empire State of Mind on the way out. See ya. Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really? As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. Back with the guitar riffs. Mm -hmm. I I love it. I I mean, it fires us up. I was inspired by the Electro Records story. (laughs) So I went through my list of, I took a guess, and I was right. Electro Records artist, ACDC, released in 1980. This is roughly about the same time, right? This album, this uh, this little tune here, released in 1980. You like it? I do. Do you know what it is? No clue. <laughs> oh my gosh! We are gonna have, I don't know. Like I said, I, every time I hear him sing, I just my throat hurts every time. Oh, I love it though. Rock I like r- it. I it's, it's not a criticism. I just I can't. As a former singer, I can't imagine how he trained himself to do so that. So when you grew up, did you have a Fiero or a Firebird? <laughs> <laughs> My uncle had a firebird. Yeah, That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was not even that cool. I had a 94 Toyota Tercel, four-cylinder, four-speed. So Teal. that was more the cure yeah. than ACDC? Teal. I could have yeah. picked a color. You could have. <laughs> All right. We are back. Um, David, you having fun, man? Absolutely. Love. I, I'm loving this. I know, Jared, we talked about it before the break. Jared is... Zach is as well. I I can read the body language in the room here. Um, I, let's let's go closer to the finish line, closer to the current. We've been talking about obviously your experiences in New York and traveling abroad, but let's let's go to the here and now because just over the weekend, um, you know, our our St. Louis City SC did what they needed to do to that the uh, soccer team in Kansas four um, one result. You know, obviously, y- you've got deep ties to the soccer community here through your businesses. And we'll talk about that just briefly here in a little bit. But when you see our, you know, we're, we're not even a year in. Here's our team, year one, and w- w- just rolling the table. How does that, how does that make you feel? It's, it's been, I don't know. I am so deep into this team. I've ne- I've always been a sports fan. I've always had my favorite team, my favorite player, my favorite golfer, whatever. But nothing like this. My wife is making fun of me. She's going, you're wearing your jersey when you're watching the game on TV. <laughs> I've never done that in my life. <laughs> I, I am I am so into this team. Where do you get your jerseys, by the way? <laughs> team you know store. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, hilarious that you say that. It, it, it's, it's, is it the best soccer in the world? No, come on, let's be honest. It's not. Is it right. the most entertaining? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Is it ours? That's the most entertaining. It's ours. It's ours. ours. That's the that's the key. People ask me, wow, you know, this success. Why didn't you get a team earlier? I go, I can't tell you why we didn't. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. I think the timing was right. The MLS was mature enough. Mm -hmm. Um, The ownership. I mean, what else do you want? You got Jimmy Cavanaugh and you got the the Taylor family. Yeah. That is invested in St. Louis. I mean, this ownership group is a big part of what what we're looking at, well, without a doubt. You know, along those lines, yesterday, <clears throat> I I popped up for the City 2 game yesterday, talking about the ownership group. Who comes walking around the corner? He's got two draft beers in his hands, getting ready to go you know, looking for his dad or whatever. It's Tom Strunk. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, these guys, this whole team, that, that whole, they love it. Uh-huh. And the family that wasn't into it, they know how to run a business. And they've put the right people in every position. So let me let me get to going to the stadium. When you go to the stadium, you know, because you're you're like so many other St. Louis soccer individuals that when you go there, I mean, it, it, you might as well just stand on a corner and just shake hands with peers <laughs> and friends. And how how much fun do you have going there and just diving in? It's a whole experience for me. It's almost like a game day for me. I, I even get nervous. I, I, I swear to God, it's ridiculous. Um, I think about it. I'm watching this. I'm watching all the other game scores, you know, wanting so much for us to get home field advantage through the playoffs. I, I, I've, I've been ridiculous. It's yeah. just there's so much energy around this team. And I've taken a lot of people to get to the game. Some people have been soccer people. Some people haven't. And they walk away going, oh, my God. That was that the was, best sporting event in St. Louis. That was so yeah. much fun. I'm like, when's the last time you heard somebody describe soccer as fun? Yeah. You know, um, you know, especially for people who aren't, aren't familiar with it. They would never think, yeah. okay, I'm going to go to a soccer game and I'm going to have the best time of my life. Yep. But everybody that I've taken, it's been exactly the same answer. That was so much fun. I can't wait to go again. We took good friends of ours um, a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and uh, they had never seen a soccer game. Grew up in Alabama. Kids grew up in Alabama. Played baseball, football, so, you know, not soccer. And uh, it came to a game and and just blown away. Next game, we're at the game. All of a sudden, we get in Texas from them. Like, well, we just opened a bottle of wine. We're watching it on TV. And oh, I'm like, well, wait. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> a testament yeah. to the organization. I mean, I mean wait a minute. Uh, how three, four weeks ago, we have to touch on this. Uh, I would be freaking out driving home if I, if this came up. Um, the U.S. national team came in town, and um, they played Uzbekistan um, in a friendly. Um, what that organization did, U.S. soccer, affiliated with St. Louis City for the 76-capped St. Louis players. I know a few of them made it. You were one of them. What did that mean to you? That, that was special, uh, particularly the day that we went to the training facility. Uh, Greg did a nice job of, of bringing you know, all the national team players and us and introducing us individually. And uh, they gave us a little medal from the, from the Qatar World Cup. Uh, and, and we didn't know we had numbers. We, I didn't know I was, what was that, 366? You know, I didn't know that. But he introduced us and said what our number was. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, so it was special. That day was really cool. I mean, being out in the field and all that was, was, was wonderful as well. Don't get me wrong. But that day we got to go to training and, and he introduced us to the players. And, uh, and Tim Ream got to say a little bit about St. Louis, you know, to make sure all the other guys knew what this is all about, <laughs> you know. So that was, that was a cool day. That was a really cool day. So as we move into the uh, impending playoffs, you know, let, let me just get your take. Because obviously um, – it, it can be stated, it can be argued that not only is Berkey the most valuable player on our team all season long, 
I think I think there's a case to be made for season or uh, league wide MVP status. <clears throat> what, what do you think we're looking at going into the playoffs from a, from a goalie perspective with Berkey and back knowing the style, how we play, you know, the, 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 the format of the playoffs with the home away home in the, in that first round, what, you know, what, what's your analysis? Because you, you admit you are a sports fan and no, nobody that admits that doesn't analyze it. What, what do you see coming down the pipe for us? You know, I wish I, I wish I knew. Uh, I think home field is huge for us. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I've talked to enough of these players, and uh, and especially Tim Parker. We've got a kind of relationship, a good relationship with Tim, particularly. And uh, you know, players are just excited. They're happy. They're thrilled to be here. And and that goes a long way. They bought in. That goes a long way when you step on the field and you're happy to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen players who aren't happy to be there, and they play like <laughs> they're not happy to be there. And they absolutely baseball, football doesn't matter. Yep. If you're not happy and excited about being there and trying to impress the people that have come, you know, pay, you know, paying your paycheck, you know, uh, you know. So I just think we have a just a vibe and 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 a, and a great group of players. I mean, it's tough. I think for some of the players, I looked at some of the guys yesterday that I saw out of forehands, you know, and some are not starting now and this or that. But at the same time, I wanted to say to them, but you've all contributed, you yeah. know. Um, you know, I saw a couple of players, and you know, Vasilev. I, you know, I say, hey, I'm great to see you in the starting lineup. I've been kind of rooting for you, but you know, then I'm next to Alm, and you know, he didn't start. You know, and I'm thinking, shit, you know, I shouldn't have said that, but you know, but then I said, but listen, you guys have all contributed at some point in this season. You've all contributed, you know, to the success success of this team. So, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to great things. I don't think anybody wants to play us. I haven't oh, I haven't done the analysis yet, but. You've been watching a lot, and if you don't know, it's fine. <clears throat> but it feels like what you just said is kind of unique for our team. I mean, the amount of roster changes that we've had, all up and down, outside the spine maybe, it's a lot of different players we've we've put out there yeah. and that have contributed, not just like a yeah. minute or two. I'm talking... Have we started the same lineup twice? I don't know. 100%? Or formation back-to-back? Well, the fact no. that... <laughs> The fact that right. we're not sure tells you a lot about <laughs> right. yeah. kind of the, the the reality of it, and and I know where you're going with this because I I read something. Uh, it, it was just a tweet, basically. The contending teams, we are the team with the highest rotation slash yes. turnover yeah. mm-hmm. by far yeah. out of those that are kind of in contention, and you know realistically, what are we talking about? two or three significant injuries, you know, Klaus's, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, for a period of time. But, you know, with our style of play, that rotation is... But then realize, you know, Bradley is his first year. So he's right. still, he's still, you know, I mean, he's you don't know out. what you got until you start playing. Yeah. And, you know, so he had to kind of figure it out and he gets, he should get a lot of credit. I well, mean, I think that coach of the year, general coach would, of the year has to be yeah. a, a thing for him, <laughs> yeah. right? Not, I mean, not even an argument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah without question. So... 1978-1979, generational for all of us. Um, it's now multi-generational for you guys and your family. Your dad starts the business we all know, <laughs> Soccer Master. Can we talk about it? Can, sure. Can, can, sure. Can, can we go through the timeline? And, um, and I know your late father would be proud of you and your family and where you guys have taken the business to. Um, there's not a person sitting at this table that hasn't spent 
money there that doesn't enjoy going there. Yeah, that uh, uh, that Rolex there. Yeah. Congratulations. I, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, on, I, that's on the Andersons. When it becomes the day to go to Soccer Master, especially when I had a younger kid playing, it was like a holiday for our family. Oh, I, I mean, I just loved it. It was so... I have a picture of the first spikes that I bought my son when he first started. And uh, I know our listeners... People love Soccer Master. In our world of going viral, and or not viral, but going online, um, God, I just love to feel it, touch it, look at it, try it on. Um, talk about the business, would you? Well, it, it started really when my dad was an accountant, and then he was working at Bi-State as, as an accountant. And um, I think we came back from that, that tournament in Danoon and uh, bought some uh, um, real kangaroo leather, you know, Adidas World Cup shoes. And oh, my dad's looking at these. Best guys, shoe my ever. God, if only we could get these, you know, here in the States. And uh, I just heard him say that and, you know, whatever. You know, a couple of years later, he's, he's, he starts Soccer Master. I had already moved to New York um, the, to start the, the business. The shoe that started it all, the World Copa. Cups, the, well, the Copa, the really, yeah, yeah, the Copa was really the thing. Well, I was going to ask you, have you, I mean, it's, it's got to be the Copa. Is that the highest selling shoe in your it was it was was oh, 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 oh in the early years i 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. it was probably 50 percent of our of our footwear sales you know but you had companies like diodore and lotto and diodore had a big oh, time in the late yeah. 90s oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. when that with that italia yeah. yeah run i just tell you a quick story about my dad though i mean i would come in and visit you know from from out of town and uh, i'd be there and uh you know i'd see a young you know boy and his dad come into the store and you know looking at shoes and different and one of our you know clerks would be waiting on him and and the and the little boy looked up at his dad and says can you ask if mr soccer master is here because I, I, I want him to come tell me that my shoe fits right you know and my dad would come out and you know it was just a it was a special time my mom and dad both started the business uh my both both of my brothers, uh, one to play the St. Louis U and the other one to play the Virginia, were both involved in the business for a long time. They haven't been for quite a few years, um, but uh, you know, and it was different back then because literally, I mean, you you know, these kids would come in and just look at the shoe wall for like you know, like thirty minutes, like <laughs> wow, you know, yep, and yeah. they pick, and they'd pick <laughs> know. up like you know all these different shoes and try on all kinds of shoes, you know. I mean, it's a little different now. You know, you got the internet and, you know, things are different. People come in and already know what they want, you know, because of whatever advertising or marketing they sell. Yeah. That what they, Instapost, they I mean, yeah, they're all Whatever, you know, so, but it's still, you know, we still get a lot of young, you know, even, you know, young CYC players, you know, well, come in and the parents come in and they, it, well, they want real service and they want to be fitted and everything, so. Explain this to me, though, in, because I, I, I was, I, I'm a kid of the late 70s, 80s. A loaf of bread was roughly 70 cents back then. Today it's four. Milk was a buck. Now it's six. How in the hell were Copas $110 in 1989? And they were still $110 about five years ago. Pakistan. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. Uh, it has moved around a little bit. They were German, then they were Yugoslavian, then they were Polish. Oh, I had the Yugoslavian know. ones. Yeah, the Yugoslavian ones were not as good as the German ones. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the big, well, just to get technical, the biggest cost in, in, in developing a shoe is the outplay, is outsole. 
you know, there are a lot of a lot of cost goes into developing an outsole. Well, that outsole has been around for a little yeah. while, so yeah. you know, uh, so I guess that's why they can keep them at one hundred and ten. I know? didn't understand that. Man. I, 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 walking, I It's funny. Like, this is a price error. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, but thing. the ones that weigh two ounces that are three hundred and fifty, and there's a disclaimer that says. Don't practice in these. <laughs> you, they're only game shoes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what I love it still awesome. is my son loves going to Soccer Master, even though now we don't get to go as much. But the fact that where you're trying the shoes on is turf, <laughs> and there's a box full of shitty balls where they can kick around yep. and just feel how the shoes feel... It just it goes to an understanding of what yeah. this market needs, yeah. and it's such a cool experience. I still, still, just like Jared said, I love going into Soccer Master. I grew up in Washington. <clears throat> we didn't have. I mean, by the time I was in high school, we had Athletic Forum, which is I worked there, <laughs> so I got to sell shoes. So I thought it was pretty cool. But how many retail jobs have you had? A lot. Jeez. <clears throat> but and a Fiero. I did not have a Fiero. <laughs> but I just, that experience of going there, getting the Copas or the Diodoras or looking at the Umbro. Remember the Umbro shorts yeah. with the lining on the bottom? And, Those were the good days. Oh, my God. The checkered? I, well, checkered were cool, but the coolest ones were the black with the white trim. That was the... Uh, the white piping. Oh, yeah. America, America's? Yeah, the Xaro's coming back. I, I just still think that, you know, your shoe is your most important yep. piece that you have. And... and Okay, don't get me wrong. We have an internet business too, so you know, please visit soccermaster.com. But <laughs> um, at the same time, I mean, if you're a player, I mean, God, you should come in and try on your shoes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, it's only the most important I thing agree. you're going to. No, it's look, I, I, I'm a testament to that issue because in going into high school, I was, I was Granite City. Mm-hmm. Um, every, you had to wear copas. Everybody wore copas. And for my freshman and sophomore year, I never understood what my problem was. But my feet always hurt after the game, you know, is what it is. And a friend loaned me a pair of their, I, I didn't have cleats for a kick around, mm-hmm. and I put on a pair of Puma Kings. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. They have a narrow arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the, that's the issue. So yeah. then from my, there on out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, I could he, never wear sambas. I had no. to wear Diodora for indoor. Mm-hmm. I could not wear Sambas. The, the arch wasn't high enough, and it would just kill my feet. But I got my Sambas yeah. from well, and let, my, let me, my let me ask you. Let me ask you from a merch standpoint, because we joke about this, and we, we have conversations with friends, you know, going around town, uh, going to school pickup. I don't care where you go. City gear has permeated everything, and it's not just kids. It no. literally is every other soccer mom, you know, every third dad, you know, everybody. And you've been around the game a long time, the merch game in particular, and in soccer, you know, d- directly. Have you ever seen a rollout of gear, uh, a, a, a kits, a logo, uh, a, a whole campaign? Have you ever seen one done better than this one? I wish I had more. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. I mean, we've had a tough time keeping the youth stuff in 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 stock. Um, finally, getting replenished. I think in the next week or two. But yeah, it's been crazy, and we even doubled our order. So um, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable. How about that? Did you talk I about Growfest Saturday. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the city gear? Correct. I'm talking about city gear in particular. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Oktoberfest. Oh, Oktoberfest. Last Saturday, Oktoberfest. We commented on it. There was Cardinals were in town. 
city was in town. We counted blues. Blue, there was blue, a blues game too. Uh, blues are away. But uh, whatever. But well, they I, had it on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there was about two or three Cardinal jerseys, and I mean, it was upwards of fifty city merch gear there. Oh yeah, more than that. And put it in frame of reference, there was probably five thousand people in the street. And you know, go back five, go back two years. You go to any public event in this town, and you're going to see Cardinal Nation on full display. That's been displaced. I mean, are, are you seeing? You're seeing the oh, same thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we yeah, we really having a hard time keeping stuff in stock and, awesome. and, and replenishing. You know, uh, you know, we we went big, but you know. We could have gone bigger, <laughs> but we'll get there. How, I mean, holidays are, are going to be fantastic, I think, for us, particularly when they win the cup, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, that third, when that third kit comes out, that'd be cool. Yeah. How yeah. fun is it to work with the players and the know. team to... Um, Waiting all year. They've been great. They've been great. Uh, the whole franchise has been great. They, I mean, you know, before, you know, before the season started, well before the season started, they reached out to us and, you know, they wanted us to kind of co- co-brand and co-market stuff for them, and we did, and they've been wonderful to us. Um, I can't afford a full, you know, advertising package with them, but you know, other than that, you know, yeah, we've uh, heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's just been a wonderful. I think they've they've managed the franchise extremely well. The stadium is phenomenal. Um, the whole organization has just been. I don't know. I, I really can't say. You know. So so let me ask you this: kind of as we approach the end of the uh, line here, um, do you do you feel as if this is really the the icing on the cake where it's kind of a uh, a reward from soccer gods you know the MLS this first season etc um, and you know we see how the playoffs go and you know I mean hypothetically I mean, imagine if we do run the table and beat Miami in the final how cool would that be but they're not going to make it Miami might <laughs> yeah. not make the playoffs yeah. um, but or do you view this as uh, you know a, a new, just accelerated start for you know these kids that we see out here today. I, I think it's something that St. Louis deserved. I really do. Um, for our rich history in the sport and everything we've meant to the sport in this country, this has been a reward, um, and uh, it it just couldn't have been better. I mean, no one expected the success that they've had. No one did. Um, but well, we'll take it. Do I think we deserve it? Absolutely. This community has been a soccer community for. 70 years, and uh, and this is a big reward, and uh, I think it's going to continue. I know that there's other franchises that have a great first years, and everything's great, and they sell all kinds of jerseys, but I think uh, this one will be here to stay. And, I, you know, of course, you know, the, the, mem- the ownership will have to invest. You know, I think, you know, there's certainly, you know, some spots that still can be enhanced and filled sure. to, to really make sure that we're a long-term, you know, highly competitive club. Uh, because we, you know, we kind of struck, you know, you know, magic in a bottle this year. Well, it's know? crazy that I read yesterday that of the top twenty jersey sales, three of them are top, city top fifteen. Top fifteen, yeah, top 15, yeah top because 15. you got Klaus, Klaus in two, Leuven, Leuven nine, and Parker, your boy, mm-hmm. in fourteenth. I know. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> Have you talked to him about his haircut? Yeah. <laughs> well, he just got a haircut. He did he just did. get one. It was pretty him, tight Saturday. I saw him yesterday. It was tight. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to go to the 
to the thing. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm just making yeah. sure somebody else has noticed that. He can play the way he plays. But and he did we, miss that one head ball. I thought he had a goal yeah. there. But <laughs> Look, yeah, in, yeah instead of a trim on top, go for that number two up top. You know, shave <laughs> that thing down. David, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been my pleasure. This has been a blast. Uh, appreciate the stories and, you know, continued success to you and your family and, you know, Soccer Master as a, I mean, it's a destination for you know, thousands, tens of thousands of soccer families in the area. So thank you for all that you guys have done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'd love to have you back anytime. And, you know, you know, this gear is mobile, fellas. I just thought of something. We can go to Soccer Master, you know, and sit there and try on shoes and do a little show. I'm totally down with that. We'll do, we'll do new merch drops. As long as it's not the St. Peter's location. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. We, we, we've been blessed to be part of this community, and, uh, yeah. and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Love it. All right. You're welcome back anytime. You two jokers. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. <laughs> Especially you, Jared. And thank you for listening. David, uh, thank you, man. Uh, it's been David. a lot of fun. This is awesome. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. We appreciate the likes, the shares, and the follows, and all that other good stuff. Thank you to Pinnacle Loans, Chris and Bill. You guys kill it. Crescent Plumbing. Thank you as well. And Axis PT, appreciate all the recovery. We'll talk to you guys later.